Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. Curating your brand and putting out consistent messaging and thought leadership behind your brand. Over time, that's just going to generate natural growth because people are going to know who you are and what you do. When you build consumer confidence or you build investor confidence in, in who you are as a company and what you do, it directly relates to financial benefits. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. You know, your brand is your promise to your customers, to your employees, to your investors. It's how you signal to stakeholders who you are and what you stand for. With so much on the line, it's no wonder that a sloppy brand can have major adverse consequences on your bottom line. Here with me today for another installment of the ICR Reports miniseries is branding expert Kyle Kostasic. Kyle is the Executive Creative Director for ICR's Branding and Creative Practice, which includes branding, marketing, digital media, web design, and more. Kyle has worked with clients across numerous sectors, developing successful campaigns for the likes of the Ritz-Carlton and Pfizer, just to name two. In this episode, Kyle and I discuss the elements of a strong branding strategy and how that adds value. Let's enter the arena with Kyle Kostasich. So my background is, is very different than most people at ICR because I came up with more of a traditional creative path. So I went to school for and was trained as a graphic designer, started working as a graphic designer, actually was designing for Macy's. And uh, then I went to a luxury branding agency where I was an art director, hopped around to a couple of their marketing and, and advertising agencies where I worked up a, a traditional art path before eventually becoming a creative director. So my background has not been in the financial sector. I came to ICR because the group's founder, Tim Kane, came in to set up the, at the time we were called the Digital Branding Group. And the Digital Branding Group was looking to communicate on a different level. So whereas most people at ICR are communicating primarily on the verbal level, my group, which is now Branding and Creative, we think of things on a visual level. I had worked with Tim at another agency where we had a very similar setup. It was a PR agency called Makovsky, and he brought me in to run the creative department. Tim has since retired, and um, I've, I'm now running the group here at ICR, but the goals are largely the same. So when it comes to branding, goals are a little bit different. And you need to be able to communicate on both a, a visual and verbal level. What kinds of things specifically does the group do 
for our client base? There's really a, a lot of specific things that we get asked for. So when it comes to branding, sometimes we are helping companies name new companies or offshoots of companies. We are working on their visual brand, anything from logo to brand standards guides to visual advertising, brochures. Uh, we also work with a lot of investor presentations, investor day decks, because the branding of those materials needs to match the sophistication of the company itself. So when we do something that's more IR related, it's it's annual reports, investor decks, ESG reports, things that are more what we would consider print advertising. Um, we work with a lot of our PR clients. We're doing things that are a little more campaign related. So whether it's a website or it's an actual social media campaign or an advertising campaign in some cases, things like infographics, we really do run the whole gamut that is typical for a creative group. We're just doing it within ICR's walls with very specific types of clients. Yeah. I think it's interesting, particularly when you, you know, you talk about investor presentations, you know, a lot of times those things are developed by the CFO and the IRO and they don't have that branding or marketing background. And if you're like me and most CFOs or CEOs, they underestimate the impact of a sloppy or untidy brand. What does an untidy brand look like? And you know, how do you go about evaluating that and fixing it? Well, I would say when we deal with branding, it's a big word. But I think if you were to simplify it down to one thing, it's uniformity. Things have to be uniform across all channels. So from your verbal to your visual messaging. If you think of a company like Nike, everything stems from one common goal. It's to create an appeal of greatness. So everything from the quality of their shoe to the, the people that they choose to represent their brand, they must be great because that's what they've set as their bar for their brand. When we deal with companies who come to us looking for help in the branding space because they are untidy, it's that they haven't they either haven't sewn a common thread through their brand and then stuck to it, or they just don't know how to do it, or they don't know that they should do it. The unfortunate reality is we face a lot of clients who think that branding doesn't really matter, that as long as they check all the boxes and they've done everything they think they need to do, that they will have success. But as humans, we can't help but react to things we're seeing that don't look professional and think that that's a reflection of the company. So if you're going out there and you have great content in something like an investor deck, but it doesn't look great, or maybe the slides aren't broken up well, or there's not a story arc to the narrative of your company, it's going to reflect poorly on the overall appearance of your company. And people just can't help but think that this is how you do business if you don't even take the time to look reputable, to think about what you're saying, and if things aren't succinctly defined and easily understood. So I think a lot of times when we're talking about cleaning up a company's brand, we're getting them on the right path, and then we're making them stay true to it in everything that they do, from a press release to an investor deck to the way they market themselves on something like a website. How does a great brand help differentiate the company? When it comes to branding, there's a lot of long-term benefits that 
you may not see up front. By staying true and building a solid brand, you're going to naturally increase awareness. You're going to build loyalty, establish credibility, all sorts of things that happen naturally by curating your brand and putting out consistent messaging and thought leadership behind your brand. Over time, that's just going to directly relate to boosting employee morale within your company because they're going to get who you are as a company. It's going to generate natural growth because people are going to know who you are and what you do, and it's going to be easy to understand. And eventually, it's going to increase revenues for your company because, you know, everything is just climbing at the same time. So when you build consumer confidence or you build investor confidence in in who you are as a company and what you do, it directly relates to financial benefits. Without alignment on brand, you could pick 10 employees at any company, ask them what the company does or stands for, and you might get 10 different answers. Effective brands are built from the top down, starting with clearly defined values. I asked Kyle to describe the typical process he goes through in order to understand a company's values and arrive at the kind of visual deliverables his clients are looking for. For us, we call it a brand road mapping process. Um, Every company has a different name for it, but what we need to do is a bunch of intelligent research, get a lot of data so that we can then create a well-informed point of view, and then a recommendation. So for us, we need to look at competitors. We need to interview a lot of people within the company to get their point of view on things, hear how they're describing the company. If they have clients, talking to them and understanding how they perceive the company. And then we walk through where the company is today, where you say it wants to be, and what it takes to get there. And we map it out. And then we use the data that we find behind the anecdotal stuff that we hear from people, your digital footprint, what's out there on social media perhaps about you. And we point you in a direction that makes sense for your company. So we look at everything holistically and then we say, this is the area where you can fit into this very competitive landscape and make a difference and stand out. Um, From there, everything that we do will be working to fit into that little space. So if it is your position is clouded, maybe you need to introduce a positioning line, something direct that tells people who you are, what you're doing. Maybe it's your vision, mission, values are written poorly and people just truly don't understand why you're any different. So what we end up doing will ultimately be determined by the output of that brand roadmap, but we do need to have a lot of conversations with the leadership at the company. Sometimes we even go down to the lower levels to see how they're perceiving the company. And then we spit out a recommendation. And from there, everything kind of becomes tactical, meaning the deliverables that you will need to reinforce or establish a brand will be based on the findings in our brand roadmap and how much you're currently doing and currently doing well versus where you could improve upon what you're doing. Yeah. And I think uh, websites are one area that I think are so interesting because like I always look at the websites like they run in dog years almost like almost every couple of years you've got to be upgrading and changing and just in your experience like how often are companies kind of refreshing their websites these days you know a website i would think of it as 
an ever-changing thing. A website should be constantly evolving, at least somewhat. So when it comes to your overall brand, it's kind of like a three to five year thing that you should do something about it. You should make sure that your site is not stale. You should make sure that it feels modern, that the user experience is accurate, that you've created channels for every type of site visitor that you have, because that will change over time as your company evolves. That said, you should always be looking to improve your website, improve the content of your website. Make sure that as your company changes and evolves, that your website evolves with it. It can very quickly change and feel stale because the internet is a very copycat place. If someone does something to their website and that is deemed the most modern thing to do, if your website does not function that way, you can quickly feel outdated even if you've just refreshed your website. So I look at it in two ways, the user experience, the way the site looks and feels and behaves, and then the content. And the content you could be updating constantly, being a thought leader, putting out good news regularly, adding to the site based on the traffic that you're getting and where people seem to want to go on your website based on analytics is important as well. Because what you thought was a good website when you launched it may not actually be true. So being flexible, being able to leverage things like analytics and data to constantly update your site and then to create content and then promote that content to get people coming back to your website is equally as important. Yeah. I think one of the biggest offenders like as an industry is private equity. I've seen some of the worst websites I've ever seen that just don't match the gravitas of those businesses, their ability to help grow. And and the reality is, in my opinion, that stems from an industry that has always been very secretive, but now there's so much capital. You need a great website, you need a great brand because you need to attract founders of companies to do business with you. You need to find the smartest people. You need to attract deal flow. I just think that that's a group that you know, just doesn't see it in the way that we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Although I would say that they're starting to come around on it or starting to be open to it because I'm seeing a lot more of those types of companies reaching out about our services and they're realizing that something does need to be done. 100%. What other than Nike, which I assume is a, a favorite of yours, what's another one or two brands that you think are out there that most people know that you think do like a great job and why? I think that there's the big ones. Every time we get on a call, a client wants to be Apple. (laughs) The cleanliness of Apple's look and feel and their product and everyone knows them. Um, Patagonia is another one that does really well and they stay true to who they are as a company. Um, Those are more consumer brands. I think there are companies, agencies even, that, that do a really good job with who they are. I would say that If you have heard of a company and when you think of them, you can quickly define who they are. For instance, like a Netflix, you know that is a streaming platform. That is a company that has content every single day. They're doing a good job with their branding because you can quickly sum up who they are in a sentence. If you think of a company and you say, well, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're doing some messaging and... um, I think they play in the public relations space, but I'm not really sure. That's a poor example of branding. So I think for me, I have a lot of 
favorites that are probably shared with most people. But um, I think it quickly becomes clear once you start trying to, in your own head, define who a company is, whether or not their brand has been effective over the years. Yeah. Listen, I think most management teams have a good gut instinct on their brand, but they underestimate what it really takes to have a really tight program, meaning the visuals match the narrative. It it seems to me like, you know, we can do the creative piece, the visual piece, bring a horse to water in terms of the narrative, but it's really up to the company to to keep that narrative going and be very disciplined up and down the ranks to, to match those visuals. Isn't that correct? It is. It's a big effort and it's one that not every company is willing to make, to be honest. But I think what's great about ICR as a company is that we have the ability to influence all the different areas because it's not just going to be my team that you have to work with. It's going to be, how do you vocalize this change internally? How do you create the documents that you need to make sure that people adhere to your brand and the brand messaging? How do you train at an HR level new employees so that they understand very clearly how to tell people who their company is and what they do? So it really is a big effort that involves a lot of different groups. It is a commitment. It is a financial commitment, but it is even more so a dedication to that brand and staying true to it because it it becomes very easy to take a shortcut, to rest back on old ways of doing things because as a company, you have a history and you've created things in the past that are easy to leverage and easy to go back to because it just saves you time. But when you redefine your company and you say, this is the way that things have to be so that there's no confusion. Eventually, over time, everyone is now singing in tune, and it's just a much more harmonious exercise because branding will play out because they're just, over time, saying the same thing, doing the same thing, and it just constantly, that reinforcement just builds brand equity and people get used to seeing it and hearing it. And that's how brands become strong, but it's that dedication that you're talking about that companies have to make a commitment to and then lay out a plan so that not just the management and the upper levels understand it, but so that everyone that works with them, that everyone they come into contact with understands what the mission is. When we think about branding, it's very easy to get caught up in just the visual side of things, logos, colors, font. The truth is a powerful brand is a commitment, a commitment to uphold the narrative about what your company stands for, your values, and your promise to your customers. Without consistent dedication and investment in that narrative, you can sink all the money you want individuals, but most agree that you won't see the kind of return and brand equity that you're looking for. Very interesting and useful stuff. Have to think about this in conjunction with everything else a company does to support the brand. Big thank you to Kyle for coming on the podcast. This is Tom Ryan, and we'll see you next time back in the arena. 
References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only, and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.